All right, everybody. How are we doing? Um, I'm recording this very late. Uh, I know I said my episode was supposed to come out on the 12th. It's now the 13th as I'm recording this at uh, 1.37 a.m. But I did some stuff. I had family over. Um, it's been a fun weekend uh, with my girlfriend. Uh, we hit our one year, so I celebrated that with her. And then um, I uh, had some family over, so we went and saw a movie. We saw Scream. Uh, it was a lot of fun, very good movie. Um, and I've just been kind of chilling, enjoying my two-week break, which was now a two-week-and-one-day break. Um, but I have been preparing for this. I've been very excited for this. Um, something I've been looking forward to literally ever since I made the finale. I was, like, giddy to get back. But um, hi, welcome back, everyone. Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, no video for this episode because I plan on making this episode very long. Uh an hour to two hours, probably. Um, I know I think I, in my finale, said I wasn't going to cover the Pro Bowl, but I just have so many opinions on the Pro Bowl and what I watched when it happened. Um, I'm going to get a little bit into more Tom Brady um, because I know I said I was going to make a separate episode for his retirement the day he retired, but he announced his retirement like one or two days after I stopped, and I was like, okay, well, it would be kind of counterintuitive to uh if that's been the right word it'd be pointless i guess is the right word to um to make a podcast that quickly after i stopped so i um i sat it out and i uh, waited till now and um i'm grateful i did i enjoyed my two-week break um i'm very happy that i that i am back in 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 the swing of it so the plan is now is still the normal schedule Sunday, I know this is coming out technically on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Sunday again, in that order, and then streaming will get scattered in there. I was supposed to stream multiple times, I only streamed once in the two weeks, um, due to the fact that I had, I was busy over the two weeks, and I think it was the best time for me probably to take a break, um, so I could get all of the important stuff out of my way, and now I'm here. And my schedule is free other than school, so I'm going to keep uh, grinding away. Uh, real quick, I was going to make a video and post on my Twitter, but uh, it uh, the video was too long, so I'm going to cover it here in this intro. Um, about those two videos, I was going to post on my YouTube. Um, for those of you who kept up, obviously my YouTube channel still has not had any posts since my last Madden franchise, um, and that's because I wasn't aware on how strict the NFL copyright rules are. Um, when it comes to posting on YouTube. The original plan, I'll tell you now, because I've been working on it, and I plan on making both of them just podcast episodes. Um, one of them is going to get severely delayed um, due to recent news, and I'll explain that a bit. But um, the first one that's not going to get delayed and will probably be maybe next Sunday or Saturday as a bonus episode um, was the My NFL Top 10 Players at Each Position and then making an NFL Top 50 or Top 100 and ranking how I thought every player performed this year, um, and making a list. And I know it won't be as good as if it was a YouTube video where I could put highlights, but the NFL is really strict, and you can get punished for posting any sort of NFL content without their approval. So I'm not going to take that risk because of how new I am at all this, and I just don't want to already take a strike or, or get in trouble for something when I can avoid it and maybe potentially do it in the future. Um, obviously, these are things that I can do every year, um, it's not just one one done type thing. So I'm okay with sitting it out this year and kind of just making it in podcast form. And who knows, maybe it'll be a really great podcast. But as of now, I'm 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 just gonna sit out. Um the other one that's gonna get delayed is uh, I have recently finished the nine episode series of Man in the Arena, um, the Tom Brady documentary series, which was amazing. And I just wanna rank all the episodes and kind of go through what he talks about in those episodes. Um they're very informative and very um, eye-opening, I would say, um, to what he experiences in his life. Uh, you don't really think as the uh, of, of these athletes as human. They seem bigger than life. Um, an example I like to use, and I don't mean to bring this up in the, any um, poor way, but um, the Kobe Bryant situation that happened years ago... Uh, when he passed away, it, it, it felt uh, not real. It felt very impossible that an athlete of his caliber at his age 
could pass away. So um, it opened your eyes. And not that his death is compared to Tom Brady's, Tom Brady's TV show, but it it's just you see a different perspective when you hear the narrative or when you see them as human. And that's what I feel like the show does. It makes you see him more as a human and more as um, Tom Brady, the human being, and not Tom Brady, the athlete. So I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of good episodes, some one or two few episodes where I just kind of wasn't interested, but most of the episodes were pretty great. Um, definitely up there with like The Last Dance, the Bulls documentary. Um, but yeah, so that one's going to get delayed till April because he just announced that a 10th episode is coming about his retirement. So I am definitely going to wait for that one because I feel like that one's going to be pretty high on my list uh, considering the clip he posted um, was pretty, pretty um, emotional. Uh, it definitely tugged at my heartstrings a little bit and uh, I can't wait. So yeah, that's going to get delayed till April. I'm trying to find something else, but um, as of now, um, that one's getting delayed for sure. And I'm going to find a schedule where I can do top 10 at each position for football and make it like a – I want, I'll find a way to make it daily. They'll be really short, um, maybe 10 to 15 minutes of just me going through the stats and why I ranked them this way and just doing it daily until I get to the top 50, which would be a one, and then go back to my normal schedule. Um, obviously, it would be ideal to find a good time in my schedule for that, but I can make room for it because um, it's something I've really wanted to do. Uh, since I started and football's ending. Um, but yeah, now that you guys are all caught up on my life and this podcast, uh, I want to real quick thank you guys for coming back. Um, it's hard to retain viewership and listeners through a two-week hiatus, as I've learned when I was away for two weeks just because my schedule picked up um, with finals my first semester. But um, I felt the blows from that, but it didn't it didn't affect my mentality of this, and I don't think this will either if viewership drops again. So um, thank you guys so much for listening, and let's get right into this. I'm, I'm ready for this uh, for this ride again. Um, and real quick before we get into it, I will say that this is going to be another 21 to like 28 episode season. Unless I really get things going, then it will I will extend it, but I will make sure to let you guys know. But uh, anyway, let's get into it. Um, our first topic, we're going we're gonna to finish our NFL talk. We're going to finish. We're going to talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl. Um, the NFL honors and the uh, Super Bowl, my predictions of who's going to win today, technically. Uh, I'm very excited for the Super Bowl. Um, it feels very harmless to me. Um, if either team were to win, I wouldn't care too much. Stafford gets his ring or Joe Shiesty, um gets his ring. So uh, we'll hop into that first. We'll hop into some Super Bowl talk and then uh, uh, we'll go from there. All right, Super Bowl Sunday. I can't believe we're already here. This might be one of my favorite NFL years and just one of the fastest in my personal opinion. Um, this year was just such a blur. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, Buccaneers, Cowboys to start off the year, amazing games like uh, Raiders, Ravens, seeing teams like the Bengals making the playoffs, the Bengals, the Niners having a really good comeback year. Um, the Cowboys finally having a dominant year, obviously they struggled in the playoffs, but that was expected. My Patriots played well. The Bills looked good again. Um, the Dolphins in their eight-game winning streak. The Titans winning without Derrick Henry. Tom Brady finding out this was his last year, but still being dominant at age 44. Aaron Rodgers leading the Packers after all that controversy. Um, the Rams throwing salary cap at the window and signing everybody, trading everybody. Cardinals having a great year, but then falling off near the end. I mean, just so much to talk about when you think about this year and just so many great storylines and it was just such a great year. It was so much fun. Um, I I think 2020 obviously was a rough year for everyone, um, but football was felt like a safe space for that COVID year. Um, but to have this season after, after the COVID year and having fans back, was was pretty great and it, it, it there was definitely a sort of magic when you when you watch those games so it's great to have a full stadium um for for the super bowl uh obviously tickets are expensive which sucks um i live in arizona so i'm not far from uh, la 
Um, if tickets were cheaper, I definitely would have would have tried to go. But when you are paying one thousand dollars to sit in the nosebleeds or like two thousand, whatever they are, um, I'll pass. Thank you. Um, anyway, uh, I checked a little bit before I came on here. Um, the Rams are a four point favorite from Vegas. They're minus four. Um, and honestly, I just don't get why they're uh, why they're the favorites by. Well, okay, I can get why they're the favorites, but not by that much. I mean, you're telling me people think that the the Rams are going to beat them by four. Not only that, the Bengals have beat the Chiefs, the Titans. Uh, who who else? Did they oh, and the Raiders. The Raiders doesn't mean much, but the Chiefs and the Titans. Come on, the Chiefs were just everybody's Super Bowl favorite in the AFC Championship. And the Rams barely squeaked out against the 49ers. They looked god, they looked awful against the Niners. They barely beat the Buccaneers. If the Buccaneers played good defense, and if they won the toss in overtime, I bet you they they would have walked out of there with the win. And then they played the Cardinals, and they they, they did slap around the Cardinals. I will I will give them that. But slapping around the Cardinals at that point in the season means absolutely nothing because they were really god awful. Um Personally, I think the Bengals are going to win this game. Uh, the, the football fan in me wants it to be a close game, but I, I really feel like the Bengals are going to kind of dominate. Um, their defense is kind of pieced together uh, at the right time, and their offense has been high-powering all, all year. I think it's going to be a score of like 34-24, something like that, like a 10-point lead. Um, and I posted this on my Twitter, uh, at MrWonderful28, I think. Um, I no longer use my Let's Talk Sports one very much. Uh, most of my posts come through my main Twitter, so if you want to give that a follow and keep up with uh, my posting. But uh, I really think the difference in this game is going to be the running game for both teams. Uh, obviously, Joe, Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford are both two elite quarterbacks, um, and Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase are both very good. But I think both teams are game planning that way and thinking that stop the pass, you win. And I think to a certain extent that is true. I think if you can disrupt the pass, you are going to have more success in this game. But that's any team in the NFL. It's a passing league for sure. Um, but I do think that, and I know this is going to be a hot take, despite that I think the Bengals are going to win, I think the Rams have more success on the ground than the Bengals. And I know the Bengals have been very good with run blocking and carrying the ball with Joe Mixon. But... I am a person who believes highly in experience. And when you take a running back like Sony Michelle, if that's who they decide to play more, I really do think they should start him over Cam Akers. Um, I know Cam Akers is more of a stud, but Sony Michelle has experience. He was a big reason that the Patriots won it in 2019 against the Rams. And if you can turn your kryptonite into your greatest weapon, why not do it? Sony Michelle has experience. I would run him down their throat and just rely on him being there and knowing the stakes and knowing what it takes to really win the Super Bowl. So I actually give the Rams the advantage in the run game, despite Joe Mixon being as good as he is. And I'm not knocking Joe Mixon. I do think he will still be a great, great um, weapon for the Bengals. But I also just think the Bengals will also have better success through the air. Um, I think they're just, I know the Rams have Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, and, uh, who is it? Tyler? No, Tyler Johnson's on the Bucks. It's um. Oh, what's their receiver name? It's um. Man, who is it? It's a. Uh, I I can't I can't remember, but um. I think T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and, and Jamar Chase will will succeed against the Rams secondary. Not to say that I think it's going to be easy for Joe Burrow to get the ball out. I think he's going to get sacked quite a few times, but uh, I think he'll be able to handle it. I I I'm just hoping for a good Super Bowl at this point. I mean, and yeah, injury. I I just I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this. And four-point favorites for the Rams just kind of blows my mind. I just don't know what the Bengals needed to do 
to be the favorites. Because in my opinion, they've done everything to prove that they are the better team. I know record, they're 10 and 7, and the Rams are 12 and 5. But I really think the Bengals have it in the bag. There is a, a good headline on ESPN under the videos. It says, keep it clean and the Lombardi trophy could be yours. I do think that is true. I think if the Rams come out and play the football they did against the Niners, they stand no chance. And I don't, I don't even think it will be close. If, uh, sorry, I got like a marking on my foot. Um, if, uh, if the Rams play like they did against 49ers and make all those mistakes, I think it's going to be really, really hard for the Rams to win. I think clean football is what you need to emphasize most when you play in the playoffs. Um, and not very rarely do you see teams make as many mistakes as the Rams did last week and win. They were just fortunate that the uh, Niners made just as many mistakes and Jimmy G threw that ugly pass on whatever it was, fourth and – I mean, a fourth. I think it was third and, like, however long. But uh, I just think that if, if the Rams come out – because I don't think the – I don't think the uh, the Bengals are going to play. I mean, I think I think Burrow's going to get sacked a lot, and and that's where their messiness is going to come in. But if you were to ask me what I think is going to happen to like them, their defense and like dumb penalties, I I, I really don't think I don't think I'm going to see many uh, mistakes come from that side of their game. I think Zach Taylor's actually broken out this year as a coach, and I'll get more into him when we talk about NFL honors. Uh, kind of hinting already at the topic I'm going to be talking about there, but uh, yeah, I think he's broken out, and I think he's really disciplined his players. And I think Sean McVay is um, he's a good coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I, I don't think he has that killer instinct that many coaches have, like like the Belichicks, like the um. I can't say McCarthy after the year you just had. Like the Tomlins, like the – man, the coaches are getting so young now. Who else is in the league that's really – the Harbaugh's, the – can't say Shanahan either. <laughs> you get the point. You get the point. Like like the um, Rabels, the Rabels, there you go, and the uh, Rivera's. So, um, yeah. Now that Zach Taylor has – a killer instinct either, but I do think he's a better coach so far. He's proven it this year. Uh, I just don't like McVay personally. Um, not that like as a per- like just as a coach, I just don't think he he runs a great a great team. Yeah, I don't think he runs that team as good as they could be. But anyway, yeah, that's that's the that's my pick. The Bengals win by 10, 34 to twenty four. Um, Joe Shiesty wins the Super Bowl MVP, and it's pretty close. It, it's going to be close down to the wire. Uh, if you're going to ask my picks for halftime, the score at halftime, so 34-24 final score, and at halftime it's going to be 14-13 Rams. I do think the Bengals will have to fight really hard to top the Rams, but once they get it going, they'll uh, they'll cruise to a victory. Not cruise, but you know, they'll uh, they'll find their stride. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna cut it here. That's all on Super Bowl uh, 54, 56, Super Bowl 56. Um, we're gonna hop into some Pro Bowl and then NFL honors, and then we're gonna move to the NBA, which I've been trying to catch up on. So, um. Once we get to the NBA, um, I'll kind of talk about how I think my news coverage of the NBA is going to go um, and just kind of run you through it. Uh, and then obviously talk about the uh, NBA All-Star game uh, and the voting that just occurred and the trade deadline, which was crazy. Um, but yeah, let's hop into some probable discussions and then uh, we'll go from there. All right, this is going to take a little quick. I had no idea I wasn't going to cover it, but I just have a lot to say. Um, first off, the AFC won the Pro Bowl. Um which I kind of expected. I think the AFC was very stacked this year when it came to the Pro Bowl. But, man, what hap- has happened to the Pro Bowl? It is a <laughs> absolute joke of a NFL 
like experience. I don't even know what to call it because it's not it's not football. It's it's pretty bad. Um, I think most importantly, uh, what we need to talk about is Mac Jones uh, is the captain of the AFC and he's the greatest. He was the greatest part of the game. Uh, and the best thing that happened in the game was a play blown dead too early, which is just so ironic because he barely was touched. For those of you, for those of you who didn't watch, pretty much what would happen is it, it worked like two-hand touch. If you ran up to the player on him with two hands and you looked like you could have made the play, they blew the they blew the play dead. And you would they would spot it based on where they think you were touched. And it it's just so it's so crazy because there's a highlight that was going around when the uh, Pro Bowl was going on, and it was a play of Sean Taylor on a punt return, I think, laying out one of the uh, the players um, for the year he played. And man, it was it it's just so crazy. And like players like Shannon Sharp were speaking out on it, saying like it's such a disgrace. Like this isn't football. This isn't fun to watch. And I had a hard time thinking any different, to be honest, it was so sorry. And like, no one's going to watch a game when the players are like jogging. Like there's literally plays where like the defensive ends are like breaking down and like spinning. And then they literally get blocked. So they just stand there and stop. It was just, it was a hot mess. It was not very fun to watch. Um, other than Mac Jones, and he hit the gritty, uh, which is pretty great. He ran, I think, like 60 yards and uh, took it to the house on a play that, like I said, was called dead. And then he hit the gritty, and everyone freaked out. And it was just – it was a lot of fun. He was a lot of fun. And then they released his mic'd up video, and again, he was just having fun. Um, I think that would help the Pro Bowl if they're going to stick in this player-safe, like, atmosphere. Um, if you – have like a mic on the player and you hear them live kind of like what baseball does in spring training uh they mic'd up players and they interviewed them on the field obviously you don't interview them because football is completely different but um just like hear the reaction to certain plays and play it live i think it'd be a lot of fun um but other than that it, it, there's not much if you're they're going to stick to this no one's really going to keep watching it and you might as well add more to the nfl skills challenges but they even butchered that because it wasn't live it was pre-recorded and uh it just it was a hot mess. The Pro Bowl was a hot mess. Um, but when you come to the stat sheet, Mac Jones had the most yards for the AFC. Uh, one touchdown, one interception, 112 yards. Herbert won the AFC MVP, which I just don't get because sure he threw for two touchdowns, but I think it should have been Mark Andrews personally. He had five catches for 82 yards and two touchdowns. I just think he had a more standout performance than Herbert, but I mean, what do I know? Um, I'm trying to see. Uh, I think Max, yeah, Max Crosby, I think, won it for the AFC Defensive Player of the Game. And then speaking of Pro Bowl, I do want to talk about uh, two things real quick. Kyler Murray deleted, like, all – he unfollowed the Arizona Cardinals on Instagram, and he deleted all pictures of him as the Arizona Cardinal other than two – one of him at Oklahoma and one of him in a Pro Bowl jersey. Um, it's interesting to see that. I don't know if it's like just like a move to be like, forget what just happened and move on, or, or if he's planning on joining baseball or moving on from the Cardinals. I have no idea. But uh, it was definitely interesting to see, especially right after the Pro Bowl. And he threw the most pass attempts for the NFC and had the best game. He had three touchdowns and interception, 160 yards. And then also, uh, the news broke after the Pro Bowl, but before the Pro Bowl started, um, the night, the the morning, earlier that morning, like at like 5 a.m., Alvin Kamara was at a bar and apparently jumped a guy. He like beat up a guy and uh, is facing charges. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see where Alvin Kamara goes. Um and, and if the Saints will cut him, because if the Saints cut him, you have to feel like they're going to, like people are just going to pull an Antonio Brown and sign him anyway. Um, sometimes when this stuff happens, the team 
has to do punish them in some way, not really release them. You don't have to release them, but you have to reinforce some sort of punishment. Um, so I think the Saints are going to have to do something. They can't just let him sit there and not be punished for beating up a guy. Um, so it will be interesting, interesting to see what happens there. But also with all the stuff that's happened this year with the Raiders and their organization, and then this, all this stuff at the Pro Bowl, Maybe Vegas wasn't a smart idea for uh, for the Raiders. Um, it seems to be causing problems. Obviously, I think Kamara has a, a little bit of leeway because, I mean, he was already out doing stupid stuff, and he wasn't. It's not like he was in like on the Vegas Las Vegas Raiders. He's a saint, and he went and did something stupid in a different state. Granted, that state's known for this stuff like this. Not state city. Vegas is not a state. Nevada is the state, but. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just crazy stuff, and it, it it's crazy to see how sorry the Pro Bowls could become because it it really was not fun to watch at all. I mean, it's great to see so many rookies in it. Mac Jones was there, Najee Harris made it. Uh, there was more. Didn't oh maybe not. Uh, you also have Micah, Par- Micah Parsons. Um, Kyle Pitts. And that's it. But still, those are... And then probably some linemen, I think, actually. Um, I think some linemen made it, but they're not on here. Um but yeah, so that was the Pro Bowl. Pretty awful. I didn't even I didn't even really enjoy the skills challenges, to be honest. Um I did like all the ones Mac Jones was in, obviously. I did think the the best catch one was pretty cool. Um I just think that it was like the way the NFL handled it, it was just treated as like something so stupid. And I know that's kind of the point, they're just stupid fun. But like the way they were judging was just so careless. Like Stefan Diggs really jumped off a truck and landed through a table and caught it. And I know he didn't one-hand catch it. He just caught it normally. I I mean, I guess the front flip catch was the best, which was ranked the best. I don't know. It was fun. That one was fun. Um, Precision was fun just because Mac Jones was involved and he won it. Dodgeball is always my favorite. But it just the energy has felt so wrong this year from the get-go. And then the quarterback accuracy one was fun as well. Uh, Russell Wilson was great in that one. It... uh. They need to add more. They did this one I saw on Instagram years ago. It was called Kick-Tac-Toe. And they put a tic-tac-toe board in the field goal post. And they would kick whatever one the kicker, whatever hole the kicker kicked it through. It was that marked their color and they had to play tic-tac-toe. Um, that one was a lot of fun. And then obviously they need to bring back just like the, the longest throw challenge where you the quarterback just chucks it. I think you get two tries. And whatever ball lands the farthest, that QB wins. Those ones are just so much fun and they're more they're so entertaining for the audience and and less less like crazy. And even when the the best catch one or like the catching challenge, I prefer the old format where they had to stand in a circle and they had to like it was like you have to do a one hand to catch here, you have to catch over glass here, you have to over the shoulder here. I just thought it was so much fun because it seemed more like competitive. They even took out like the the skills course where like you had like different players doing different activities but it was like a team like a mate like a how i just hit my knee sorry you probably heard that um where it was like a like a i don't even know like a obstacle course there you go that's what i was looking for but nope they took it out they changed it and uh the pro bowl significantly suffered for doing so but yeah that's that's all i'd say about the pro bowl hopefully next year they fix something or they figure something out to make it better but um at this rate i think the pro bowl is a lost cause and it's more of just a a side thing honestly they should just get rid of it if it's going to be this bad because it was not very fun but yeah anyway we're gonna get to some nfl honors and then um is that it i thought maybe i had one more no i think i think nfl honors is it so once we do this nfl honors this will be the last nfl thing we talk about other than when i do i talk about my initial thoughts of the 
Super Bowl. So buckle it in, NFL fans. We're getting close to the end. Um, but yeah, let me uh, hop over to the NFL honors, and then we'll uh, we'll keep this baby rocking. All right, NFL honors. So um, for those of you who don't know, this is just like the award show for the NFL that happens a couple days before the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to start with not the MVP. I'm going to do – we'll start with Coach of the Year. Uh, coach of the Year was won by Mike Va- Mike Vrabel, the coach of the Tennessee Titans. Um, and this one I feel a little controversial about. I love Vrabel, expatriate. Um, he's one of my favorite coaches in the NFL for sure. Uh, I get he won he won the one seed for the – for the uh, Titans, despite having, uh, despite being without Derrick Henry, uh, Julio, AJ Brown, and Bud Dupree for a little bit, but I really feel like the coach of the year should be Zach Taylor. Um, I know these awards don't count the playoffs, but um, it really feels like Zach Taylor was the better coach. I mean, variable the Titans were good last year and just were better, a little bit better than they were last year. Zach Taylor took a team that was not even in playoff contention, one of the worst teams in the NFL, and and brought him to the Super Bowl. Granted, I know you don't count the playoffs, but he brought him to a place where they could succeed in the playoffs, and everyone kind of knew that. Everyone knew they were at least going to beat the Raiders. So I, I just – I don't know. I feel like with how different the team is already and how great the Bengals ended up being this year, I think you should have gave it to Zach Taylor. Like I said earlier, I like Vrabel, so I'm not mad that Vrabel got it. But it just I don't know. I feel like I feel like Zach Taylor should have should have got it. Uh comeback player of the year. So this one, I think I had a hard time swallowing if you were you were to ask me week like eight. But now I think they made the right call. And I don't know how many people feel this way. Comeback player of the year was Joe Burrow over Dak Prescott. And I feel like people don't know that Joe Burrow suffered an awful injury it just wasn't as graphic as the Dak Prescott. Like Dak Prescott's foot was turned sideways, which was awful and disgusting to see. And people, the second he threw one pass, just knew he was thought he was going to get it. But I, at the beginning of the year, I totally forgot that Joe Burrow would be considered a comeback player of the year because he was benched all last year because he was hurt from a torn ACL and I think MCL. I think he tore both. So now that Joe Burrow and the Bengals did as great as they did, I think it makes sense. And Zach Prescott kind of struggled the second half of the season. Um, I do think it makes a lot of sense that Joe Burrow won this award. And I'm actually pretty impressed that the NFL for once made the right call in an award like this. Usually they kind of just, whoever they felt feel the more like Alex Smith. I, I mean, Alex Smith was a way different injury and he definitely deserved it no matter who he went against. But like, you know, when, when media's attention is on someone and they media is really eating up that that person is like, like really eating up the injury and eating up the the like sympathize like not sympathizing, um, pitying them. Uh, usually they just give it to that person, but no, they give it to Joe Shiesty, and uh, he won this, and he has potential chance at winning a Super Bowl MVP and the Super Bowl. So it'll be fun to watch. Um, moving on, offensive rookie of the year. This one hurts me, but if I'm really going to be honest, I think they, I think it was the right call. Um, Offensive of the year was wide receiver Jamar Chase from the Cincinnati Bengals, who had a great year. Uh, it's funny to see how many people um, clowned on him in the preseason and now how many people like him. Uh, I also was one of the people who clowned on him uh, for dropping so many passes. I thought he was really struggling. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I think they got the right call. Obviously, I'd love have, to have Mac Jones win it, considering he played pretty well considering the weapons he had on his team. But, I mean, Jamar Chase played really, really good. Um, The only thing that bums me about this selection is I really think this just makes me more upset that Justin Jefferson didn't win it a year ago. Because I think Justin Jefferson played as good or even better than Jamar Chase this year. And Herbert, I don't think, was that impressive to the point where I would have gave it over Justin Jefferson now seeing that Jamar Chase beat Mac Jones. So it's just kind of crazy to me. It makes me really upset because I thought Justin Jefferson got – severely robbed but uh congrats to jamar chase another Bengals player who has a chance at not only winning this award but a super bowl mvp or super bowl 
or both. Um, but yeah, great year for Jamar Chase. Uh, I, I am kind of mad that Najee Harris isn't getting recognition very much from this. I think he also had a great year. Obviously, I don't think he had a better year than Mac Jones or Jamar Chase, but he still played consistent. And now what I'm about to say from my understanding is the only unanimous voting, I think, for Defensive Rookie of the Year, Micah Parsons, was unanimous. I think every vote went to him, which I'm not mad at at all. I think it was as clear as day that Micah Parsons was elite and the best player, uh, best defensive rookie. He was one of the best defensive players overall this year. So uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed with his performance and and uh, I I definitely think this was the right choice. And if it was unanimous, I uh, I would not be mad whatsoever. He was a monster. He was a beast. Uh, watching him play was was crazy. Considering I didn't even really know who he was when he got drafted. Um, I watched Hard Knocks, and he was talked about a lot in that. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this guy. He's kind of funny. And uh, he ended up being a beast. And he was the the fastest man alive in the Pro Bowl. He beat Tyree Kill. Granted, I heard Tyree Kill was hurt, and he stumbled out of the 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 start. And he he was kind of just like jogging. But Micah Parsons, that's crazy. He's a linebacker, and he's ridiculously fast. So uh, good for him. Uh, good for the Cowboys. I mean, really, this this is a bright spot in their future for sure. Um, moving on to my probably my favorite award of the night. TJ Watt wins Defensive Player of the Year. Should be his second. I love TJ Watt. I think he is very close to already surpassing his brother in greatness. He is a man possessed. He plays elite defense. He is like two players in one. He has the speed of a running back. Not really, but you get what I mean. Um, the strength of a defensive tackle, the the playmaking of a linebacker, and just an all-around beast. I, it felt pretty obvious that he was going to win because he, he tied the single-season sack record. Um, I don't even know who would, who would be nominated up against him. Maybe Micah Parsons was in conversation, Matthew Judon maybe, but it, it it was just it wasn't close. He was he was great. When I saw that he won, I was very happy. And JJ Watt gave him his award, his brother. So it I could easily see him winning Defensive Player of the Year the next three years in a row. He should already have it back to back years, but the NFL is smoking that Aaron Donald pack. So. They gave it to Aaron Donald last year. Aaron Donald is probably in contention, I bet, uh, for this year as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was definitely probably my favorite award of the night because I'm sick of the TJ Watt. Not that he gets slant like that anyone slanders him or throws shade, but uh, I I just think that he did not get the recognition he deserved last year and he should have won it last year. Offensive player of the year, this one – I'm conflicted because I was very strong about the two players. I was really strong on Jonathan Taylor, and I was really strong on Cooper Cup. When it comes down to it, I feel like if it was just a regular season award, it should have been Jonathan Taylor. And I know Cooper Cup was amazing this year, but Jonathan Taylor literally carried the Colts to most of their wins. Cooper Cup is great, and he helped significantly, but... He has a great team around him. The Colts have a great defense and a great offensive line. But Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, mediocre receiving core, and Carson Wentz wasn't that great either. So I I want to say Jonathan Taylor deserved it, considering how great of a year he had at running back. But I'm also not too offended that Cooper Cup won it. I'm just it, – it's it's weird. It's really weird for this one. I just feel like if you were to tell me who had a more in, a bigger impact on the team, I would have said Jonathan Taylor, probably. Uh, okay, sorry. Next one, uh, MVP. This was what I want to talk about because this one I think is incorrect. I think this was a wrong award, and it was the NFL's most prestigious award. The MVP went to Aaron Rodgers, who, don't get me wrong, had a very solid year. 
but Tom Brady was robbed. And I know as a Patriots fan, there's a little bit of a bias here, but I just don't think... Let me pull up the stack comparison. Um, so Tom Brady threw for 485. He threw more passing attempts. So I get that his stats are going to be a little skewed. He had a lower completion percentage. He had 5,316 yards passing. Rogers only had 4,115. Tom Brady had 43 touchdowns. Rogers had 37. Rodgers had four interceptions. Brady had 12. That's impressive, four interceptions. Um, that's all it's really showing. Now, I don't think it is fair to say that Rodgers had a better year when Brady threw for 5,316 yards. And I get if Rodgers threw that many pass attempts, maybe he gets he gets to that number. But Brady's stats are impressive. At his age and his performance, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. Looking at these stats, I just think it should be Brady. Like, I, I, I just don't, I don't know what they classify, like what, it's also just because the voting was so, like, it was so, what's the word I'm looking for? So not close. Rodgers got a significant amount of first place votes. And maybe it's just me and Brady retiring, so I wanted him to win it. But I, I don't know, man. I just think Brady should have won. I, I, I think his stats impressed me more than Rodgers. And I, I keep saying, I know Brady threw for more pass attempts, but you shouldn't discredit his stats because he threw more you know i i he was clearly put into a situation where he just was able to throw the ball more at the end of the day this is what i have to say sure rogers won the mvp he may win another one but brady in his final game came down from 24 points against the rams that's the real award sure he lost the game but he pulled a tom brady thing at the end of his career and I'm happy with it. But yeah, that's the NFL Honors Awards. Um, I'm pretty pleased with them, other than MVP and maybe Coach of the Year. Uh, but I'm not mad with the Coach of the Year. I'm, I'm mad about the MVP. But uh, other than that, I'm 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 pretty pretty pleased with how it turned out. And I I, I think um, the NFL for once got most of the awards right. So yeah, that's it. This is it for NFL until I talk about the Super Bowl. Um, and then when free agency happens, but, um, thank you so much for listening to this section and all my football talk. Uh, obviously this isn't the end of my podcast, but, uh, thank you just so much for listening to all my football talk. And I know that's a lot of what brought people in to listen, but, uh, yeah, it's been fun talking about the NFL. We're going to move on to the NBA right now. And then we're going to talk about the MLB a little bit and then we're, we're, we're done. So let's hop into the 2022 NBA all-star, uh, voting. Alrighty, so uh, 2022 NBA All-Star. Uh, let me talk about... I'm going to clump all the NBA stuff today in one thing. Uh, so I am going to talk about the free agencies as well. So it was Team Durant versus Team LeBron this year. They did draft teams. Uh, Team Durant is Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Young, LaMelo Ball. This is That was his starters. His reserves are LaMelo Ball, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, uh, DeJounte Murray. Did I say that right? Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Draymond Green. It's awesome that Draymond Green's in this. What the heck? And then over in on Team LeBron, his starters are LeBron, Antetokounmpo, Stephen Curry, DeMar DeRozan. Love him. LeBron. Oh, I already said LeBron. Uh, and Nikolai Jokic. And then his reserves are Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, uh, Darius Garland, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Fred Van Fleet. Um, personally, if I look at these rosters, uh, team LeBron, team James is gonna is gonna kill 
Team Durant, but I hope it's good. Um, a quick funny story that I want to talk about is, so at the trade deadline, the biggest trade is probably James Harden to the Sixers. James Harden got traded for like Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, and I forgot the other player, but uh, he got traded. So obviously that day he got traded, and then later that day was the reserve, the, the NBA All-Star voting. And <laughs> the final two was James Harden and... Ooh, let me see on here who it was. It was James Harden and Rudy Gobert, I think. And LeBron James is sitting there. And he oh wait, no, Kevin Durant. So they they, they he's it's his pick. And they're like, hey, who are you gonna pick? And LeBron James just puts up his clipboard in front of his face, like laughing. Um, and he goes, I need strength and something and something. He goes, I'm gonna take Rudy Gobert. And, oh, my God, it was just so funny because you can tell Kevin Durant was like, I do not want him on my team. Screw this guy. Um, and then they made, like, a funny remark saying, like, do you know he got traded? And no, it was just a really funny interaction um, between everybody in that 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 uh, broadcast. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with the All-Star rosters this year. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was kind of a weird selection. Uh I was mad about Trey Young when I found out that Zach Levine didn't make the All-Star game, but he did now. Um, I am upset that Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are on different teams, but it's okay. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anybody else I really disagree. I'm not too sure how great of a year Darius Garland's having. I know the Cavs are having a great year, which is pretty cool to see. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I love him. Chris Paul. Great year. Always always a stud. Uh, Draymond Green. Him being in it is... Oh, it's just injured. Will not play. That's upsetting. Who replaced him? Chris Middleton? Carl Anthony Towns? I don't know who replaced him. Uh, Draymond Green All-Star Game Replacement. Jante Murray is his replacement. But he's a guard. That's where they replaced. Maybe it's just the next. They replaced Draymond Green, a forward, with the Jante Murray guard. Um, but yeah. So I, I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased with these rosters. I think it's gonna be a really good all-star game. Uh, not like the NFL Pro Bowl. And I think the three-point contest, which is oh, who's in? I know Zach Levine's in it because I'm a Bulls fan, and I was very happy to see that. Let's see. What's the skills challenge? Whoa, three teams. The Antetokounmpo brothers, the Cavaliers, and a trio of rookies. That's really cool. I'm definitely going to watch this. Man, that's really cool. I, I'm excited for that. I hope it's good. Um, the three-point contest is... Hey, Zach Levine has a chance. It's Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, CJ McCollum, who he just got traded to the Wizards, right? Oh, no, Pel Pelicans? Pelicans. Uh, Patty Mills. Oh, my God, he's still playing. Good for him. Patty Mills, Carl Anthony Towns, Fred Van Vliet, and Trey Young. Obviously, I think the favorite in here is probably Trey Young, but hey, maybe Zach Levine can pull it out. I would love. Uh, oh, that that's why it's for the skills challenge. It's Rooks, Antetokounmpo brothers, and then the Cavs because it's taking place in Cleveland. Okay, that makes sense. And then the slam dunk challenge. I think it's not the greatest cast for the slam dunk challenge, but it should still be good. Obi Toppin, Jalen Green, Cole Anthony, and Juan Toscano Anderson. I hope it's just a good slam dunk contest. That's always so much fun to watch when it's good. When it's bad, then I'm like, okay, well, that was a waste of my time. But I know hopefully the voting is better because that's what's going to get the big stars back in, like Aaron Gordon and such. Um, But yeah, that's the all-star schedule and the rosters. I'm very excited for the all-star game for the NBA. Um, I'm definitely going to take that time to also catch up 
uh, with the NBA because uh, I'm still a little bit behind. Uh, I watched the Bulls and the Suns, and I was really sad because the Bulls struggled. I mean, they came back near the end, but uh, I uh, I was pretty upset. Moving on, though, real quick to the trades that happened. The The biggest thing I took away as a Bulls fan was that the Bulls made no moves, and I was really, really bummed out. I was like, really? We didn't get a single piece? Apparently, um, I think it's called the – what is it called? It's like the buyout, which I didn't know was a thing. Uh, like I said, I'm not like a hardcore NBA fan. I just kind of follow it casually. Um, let me – I got an article from it earlier. It says the Bulls were in on man, it's not here anymore. That's a bummer, but it was like the buyout of like a, 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 a I dang, I'm so sad. It was one of the. I don't know. I I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it because I don't know if I'll give the right information. But the Bulls are active for a player. Um, anyway, uh, James Harden and went to the Sixers and Ben Simmons. Uh, pretty much that that was the big piece. Ben Simmons went to the Nets. Simmons was in a package with Seth Curry and. Here I gotta find a better article so I can see all of them. Oh, that cannot be played. Okay, thank you. Uh, where is it? Okay, the Nets got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond, Drummond uh, along with a 2022 first round pick uh, and 2027 first round pick. The Sixers got Harden and Paul Millsap. Personally, if you're gonna ask me, the Nets won this trade for sure. Those are three starters for one one starter and maybe two starters. Paul Millsap, I don't know how good of a year he's having. But James Harden's, I don't really think he's that good anymore. I, I think he's kind of washed. So seeing that, I, I I can't believe the Sixers went through with just a trade like that. I think there should have been more, but who knows. The rap, th- This is the one that, that kicked off the day. It was this four-team trade. It was um, Milwaukee Bucks got Serge Ibaka, two future round second round picks, or two future second round picks, sorry. Um, The Kings got Dante DiVincio. Sorry, I'm bad with names. Trey Lyles, Josh Jackson. The Clippers got Rodney Hood, Semi Ojule. I'm bad with names. And then Pistons got Marvin Bagley. Um, I see the Pistons and the Bucks as the winners here. Marvin Bagley is a stud, and then Sergi Baca to the Bucks is literally insane and uh, scares me as a Bulls fan because I like Ibaka a lot. And then right after that, like pretty much at the same time, uh, Goran Dragic, right? Goran Dragic, I don't, I don't know, got traded to the Spurs, and the Raptors got Thaddeus Young and Drew Eubanks, and then a 2022 second-round pick, and then the Spurs got a future first-round pick. Um that was a that's a pretty good trade. I like it for both of them. Um, I don't really know how this betters any team, but maybe it does. I'm I'm not too sure. Um, the Celtics got a future second round pick for, and they traded away Bull Bull and PJ Doz, Dozier, uh, and they also gave the Magic a future second round pick and cash cash considerations. They did this trade, I believe, to free up money was what I heard. So, and a- after that, it was kind of kind of dead. The only other trade – oh, I didn't see this. Oh, I didn't see any of this. I missed a few trades. Um, I did see this one, though. Uh, the Wizards got Kristaps Porzingis, and the Mavericks got Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Davis Bert- Burtons. Um, I did not see that Dennis Schroeder did get traded. He got traded to the Rockets. I did not see that. He got traded for, to the Rockets, and so did Ennis Freedom and Bruno Fernando. 
And then the Celtics got Daniel Feiss or Feiss. And then the Suns got Aaron Holiday. I like that for them. That's crazy. I did not know they got Aaron Holiday. And then, um, man, it must be so great to be Aaron Holiday right now. You went from the the Wizards. I mean, they weren't doing too bad. But to go to the Suns, who are definitely some people's finals favorites. So good, good for him. But yeah, that was it for the deadline. Um, I really enjoyed it. I remember waking up that morning and everyone in my class was kind of talking. Everyone was like, the deadline like isn't picking up yet. This sucks. Like, is the deadline gonna suck this year? And then one after another just kept going and going and going and going. And I was like, oh shoot, here we go. And it was it was it was pretty great. So I enjoyed I enjoyed the the trade deadline for the NBA. And uh although the Bulls didn't make any moves, I'm hoping that they can find a way to uh to uh pull off a good run in the playoffs because at this point it seems like it seems like they'll they'll they're shooing to make the playoffs. All right, last topic of this episode. Uh the MB, I mean the MLB lockout. Um the MLB lockout is still going on. Um the recent news I've heard is today uh there was a meeting and the meeting it wasn't the it was one of those meetings where they knew it wasn't gonna a deal wasn't gonna get signed, but they just hoped that maybe they could come to terms. But any day now, if 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 today's meeting didn't go well, any day now, uh, the the spring training will probably be delayed. He went into a um press conference. Uh, Manfred had a press conference and said that. Things are going fine right now, like like no, no plans to delay anything. But if the meeting yesterday, technically at this point, didn't go well, then um, then uh, he would we would be in some trouble. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens within the next few days with baseball. Uh, if spring training gets delayed, I'll be very upset. Uh, that's probably my next big sport uh, when football ends. Like I said, I don't really follow basketball too much, but uh. Baseball is kind of my uh, bread and butter. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that uh, that they can come to some sort of agreement. But right now it's a hot mess. Like they are just at each other's throats constantly. And there's just so much stuff coming out about how they wanted to have like a, a mediator. And then the MLBPA said no to the mediator that, that it's not needed. And all the MLB players are tweeting right now saying, like, it's such a joke. Like, just give us what we want. And owners aren't doing that. And now we're leading to what is this lockout? And it's, like, day, like, 70-something of this MLB lockout. It's absurd. And it's really unfortunate that it's taking this long because now free agent signings are going to be happening during the year. And sometimes when players aren't ready, it like it makes it longer for them to come back. Like, when Craig Kimbrell signed with the Cubs years ago, he got signed, but then like it was like three weeks later till his first appearance. It was just crazy. But I'm ho- I'm hoping that when it picks up, the f- the free agency signings happen quickly, and it gives us fun stuff to talk about. But I would imagine any day. I I doubt anything comes out tomorrow or today with the Super Bowl. But maybe Monday, Tuesday, we find out about the truth about spring training. Hopefully, it's like okay, baseball's happening. Let's rock and roll. But I don't know at this point. At this point, it's it's se- seeming very bleak for baseball it, it it's not looking too hot um i'll keep you guys updated as it goes i i don't it's pretty pretty close to the like they're playing their cards close to the chest they're not really telling much until randomly people are like this meeting didn't go too well blah 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 and then everyone gets sad on twitter <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes but yeah players aren't happy owners aren't happy fans aren't happy no one's happy right now so baseball's really in trouble right now so we need to we need to hope for the best i, I guess um but yeah i just want to update real quick on on the mlb and where we are um there if things go well baseball will literally be starting any week now so um i don't know if the deal happens if they'll still delay spring training but i think if the deal gets done they'll probably just uh 
get things going. But yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming back and tuning in. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun, and uh, I try to make this one long so an hour works out. Um, I'll be back Wednesday or maybe earlier due to the Super Bowl. I'll probably want to talk about it really bad. Uh, if it is good, if it's bad, then I'll probably hold off. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming back and tuning in. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. This was a fun episode. Finally tra- transitioning over from football is going to be weird, but uh, I'm ready and I'm excited, especially because I have the all-star break to kind of regather myself and then and then catch up with basketball. And then hopefully baseball's figured out by then. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, I'll see you sometime within the next few days. Thank you.